Hello, hello. You are now listening to Burgundy Love with Darling Jimenez. This podcast is about personal growth, professional development, and designing a life that you love. If you are interested in these things, stay tuned. We have some great content for you. Hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Burgundy Love with Darling Jimenez. And today, I am very happy to share with you all a two-part series on some cognitive and behavioral tools that you can use to start addressing some of the anxieties that you may be having or to start bringing awareness to some of the reasons why you feel the way that you feel. Um, And so to give you a little bit of background about this topic and kind of what you can expect from this podcast, I recently was listening to a person on YouTube. YouTube has so many different resources, especially um, things that you can utilize for personal growth. Um, And I was listening to this. um, She's like a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I believe. Um, And she talks about a lot of different um, mental health issues and concerns. Her name is Katie Morton. Um, So, yes, definitely look her up, Katie Morton. Um, And she has a series on YouTube with lots of different topics. So um, some of them are about dealing with childhood trauma. Some of them are about um, narcissistic parents. Um, She has some about um, communication or feeling like you're unlovable. She has all sorts of different topics of things that you can begin to explore. And I decided to find something like that, like a resource like that, because I realized that I feel like I've had a pretty uncomplicated life and I'm very thankful for that. However, I do realize that there's a lot of things that have happened throughout my life and things that I experienced that perhaps I had not dealt with. Um, And as a part of my personal journey, as a part of my growth, as I continue to evolve as a human and wanting to be the best person that I can be, um, it's important for me that I discover what some of those things are that I may not even be aware of. So trauma that I've experienced that I've not addressed that are having an influence in my actions, but I'm perhaps not completely aware of them. And so that is kind of part of the reason why I decided to do that. And for anyone who is able to get a therapist, I feel like that's probably the most um, accurate way of going about dealing with anything that you might be experiencing and just maneuvering through life. Um, Personally, I have not yet been able to find a therapist. So in a way, this is a way for me to start making steps in that journey of self-growth and just dealing with Um, trauma and mental health without yet being ready to sit with a therapist, right? Um, And so what this podcast is really going to be is going to be a summary of some strategies and tools that I've been exploring and delving into, um, as suggested by a few therapists that I see. So I am by no means a therapist. I do not want you to use this as like an alternative to therapy because it is not. These are simply some tips um, that I have learn and heard. And some of these have already really helped me. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Um, The very first tip is to objectively observe your thoughts. And of course, with the majority of these, it'll be a lot easier said than done. 
this is something that requires a lot of practice and continuous um, like well, continuous practice and continuous kind of observation and adjustments so that you can really master the tool. But I found this one to be particularly helpful because sometimes when you're in the midst of an argument, sometimes when you're feeling down, sometimes when you're in the midst of anxiety, it's very difficult to wrangle your thoughts, if you will. So this first tip is to do your very best to objectively observe your thoughts. So instead of um, diving deep into how you feel about what you're thinking about, um, it basically asks you to take a step back and just listen to your own thoughts. So see what you're telling yourself, see what story you're creating um, and what story you are telling yourself in that moment that is making you feel a certain way. So it's almost like you have to imagine that there's a conveyor belt for your thoughts. And you're basically going to sit back, be the operator, and just take a look at what's going through the conveyor belt. So for example, if you're having a moment of anxiety and you sit down, you look at the conveyor belt in your mind, and you see that what you're telling yourself is that things are not going to be okay, that there's no hope for the future, that um, things are going to continue to be rough or that you don't know what's going to happen or that you have no control over what's going to happen. Simply the ability to sit back and observe those thoughts um, and remove some of the emotion from it will help you to start to be aware. And I think one of the best ways that you can start to objectively observe your thoughts is simply by writing them down. I think journaling is something that has certainly seen a lot of rise in interest, but I think it's still under um, utilized as a tool for managing your anxiety. And so having a journal where anything that is worrying you, anything that is putting you down, anything that is making you upset is written down on paper can help you to start to wrangle some of those thoughts and get them out of your head um, so that you can at least have a place to start pulling a way to restructure your thoughts and reorganize your mind and help you feel a little bit better about where things are. So again, this tip is objectively observe your thoughts. You can do that through journaling. You can do that through meditation. You can do that just by sitting down for a second and taking deep breaths and just looking at that conveyor belt of thoughts. The next one is to remember that thoughts aren't facts. And I think this one is one particularly helpful tool um, for people that are very action oriented. I think sometimes we tend to think the worst and then we move forward with acting as though the worst thing has already happened, but that is not the case. So thoughts aren't facts. Even though you might be perceiving something a certain way, even though you might be thinking a certain way, it doesn't mean it's true. One good example that I can give you of that is if you're, for example, um, trying to lose weight and then you th tell yourself, I've never lost weight in the past. I've never successfully done this in the past. So there's no chance that I'm going to do this in the future. Um, guilty. I've definitely done that a million times, right? But thoughts aren't facts. Just because the past has a certain pattern doesn't mean that the future will, right? That's where the power of change is, is that your past doesn't equal your future. And so just remembering and even having post-it notes that remind you of this when you're feeling particularly vulnerable, um, your thoughts aren't facts and what you might be perceiving in a situation is not necessarily what is happening. Um, and I definitely feel like oftentimes we're guilty of thinking something and then taking that for a fact. Another good example of where you might see this kind of pop up is if you are in a conversation with someone 
and they say something that you find that is offensive or that you don't like, and then you take immediately to think that this person was intending to offend you or was intending to make you feel bad. Um, even though you felt bad, it doesn't necessarily mean that that was the intention with which that person approached you. And so your thoughts are not facts. Very important to remember that. The next thing um, that I want to share with you guys is, is how to know um, that your thoughts trigger feelings, right? So sometimes you have a thought and that thought will trigger a feeling. Um, but you want to ask yourself, what did you tell yourself that it triggered a certain feeling, right? Again, when you're having a thought, it is not necessarily fact, but you're having potentially a negative reaction or a negative feeling. So then you need to ask yourself, what is the story that you're telling yourself that made you feel that, right? So here's an example that I can give you of that. And I'm really big on examples on this because I think sometimes talking in the theoretical makes it so that it's difficult to imagine what is meant by that point. Um, so here's an example of how your thoughts can trigger your feelings, right? Let's say that um, you walk over to the kitchen and you grab, I don't know, maybe a piece of cake, right? You're eating the cake, and then all of a sudden, you think, wow, I really shouldn't be eating this cake, right? So then, because you're thinking, I really shouldn't be eating this cake, I'm trying to lose weight, this is terrible, then you start to develop feelings, which is a feeling of guilt. You feel like, oh no, like I'm letting myself down by doing something I shouldn't be doing, this is really bad, I'm no good, I never followed through with what I said I was going to do. So these are the kinds of like feelings that you can be triggered when you think, oh, I shouldn't be having this piece of cake. Now, another thing that can happen is, is instead you're saying, I'm going to treat myself today to this piece of cake because I've been working really hard. So then the feelings that can get triggered from that is pride, excitement, um, joy. You feel proud of yourself. You're thankful that you're able to enjoy this piece of cake. You know, you haven't been able to eat that piece of cake in a long time. So you're thinking, wow, like I earned this. So again, the feelings themselves can vary completely and entirely depending on the thoughts that you're having or how you're interpreting a certain situation, right? So what may um, trigger a happy feeling for you may be triggering a negative feeling for someone, right? Depending on kind of where they are. So realizing that thoughts trigger feelings, um, it's actually a very helpful tool because then you start to explore the source of the feelings as the thought and perhaps a perspective from which you're looking at things. Um, which brings us to our next point, shift perspective. So don't be stuck on justifying your perspective. Um, and again, this one is one that is very helpful um, especially when interacting with others. And it's because sometimes we can get really stuck on the way that we're seeing things and we cease to listen or hear what somebody else is communicating in the interest of justifying our perspective and what we think, right? So for an example on this, one thing you can probably think about is maybe um, you are having a conversation with someone and they again say something that you don't like, or they use a word that triggers you. And then you realize like, okay, like I'm upset now. Um, and then you're like trying to explain to this person why you're upset. And they're explaining to you how they didn't mean that in any way, but then you're still stuck on justifying your perspective. So you're not listening to the fact that they said that, Hey, that is not at all what I meant. 
I take it back. I apologize. You stop hearing the apology in the interest of justifying why you're upset and why you should be upset. And so I think that is something that comes particularly in handing, just shifting your perspective when you're talking about interactions with others and trying to see things from their point of view. And in that moment, like, don't I know it is very difficult to see it from somebody else's perspective because you're in your feelings and you're upset and you feel like this should not have happened. And so I think it takes a lot of practice and a lot of skill to be able to shift your perspective, but it is one of those things that can truly redefine your relationships and how you interact with others. The next point uh, for today, and we're going to do two more before um, we conclude the podcast so that we can have our part two. Um, But the next one is being aware and shifting from the negative to the positive intentionally, right? So you have to be first aware of your thoughts, right? And then you have to kind of shift away from those negative thoughts because they are not constructive or productive, right? So Sometimes um, we are very critical of ourselves. We give ourselves a lot of negative self-talk. And I think being aware of that is really important because that tends to be kind of those thoughts where you're being judgmental of yourself and critical of yourself tend to be the thoughts that trigger the negative feelings that then kind of take you in a downward spiral, right? Um, The way that kind of emotions and feelings work is you start with one negative feeling, right? Let's say. And if that feeling goes unaddressed, then it kind of takes you on a tangent of other negative feelings. So if, for example, you start to feel down about the fact that you didn't go to the gym today, right? Let's use that as an example to keep with the fitness one that we've been using. So let's say if you don't go to the gym today, then, and you feel down about the fact that you didn't go to the gym, you might start to think, well, I didn't go to the gym. I'm so inconsistent. I lack discipline. I might as well not even try. I've never succeeded with this in the past. What's the point of trying? And then basically, as you can see, like you can jump from negative thought to negative thought and then end up in a downward spiral. And then when that happens consistently is when you end up developing anxiety, when you end up developing depression, when you feel like you're in this black hole and you're kind of stuck there. And so it's really, really important to be aware of that like negative self-talk that we do and to nip it in the butt as fast as possible. Because if it goes by uncontrolled, um, it, it really can trigger you to feel less and less happy and more and more negative. And the sooner you nip it, nip it in the butt and the more you realize that it is a temporary feeling that this negative thing that you're feeling is very temporary and will go away very soon or that it's something that you can maneuver or control or over time like do away with, the sooner you realize that, then the less likely you are to continue on a downward spiral. And then our very last point for today is that you have to substitute uh, different types of thinking, right? So sometimes we think a lot about a specific topic and we don't expand our horizons of the things that we're thinking about and introduce kind of new positive ideas. And so the practice of introducing positivity into your life is a very intentional one, right? It just doesn't happen. Like you have to be intentional about looking for material and information and things that are going to make you feel like things are good, the things are positive. So reading is a fantastic way of doing that. Um, Reading inspirational books or reading um, inspirational quotes 
or doing positive affirmations that you find that are relevant to your life. These are really great ways to start to substitute your thinking with different types of thoughts so that you have variety of thought and so that your brain doesn't go down the route of thinking a specific kind of way at all times. Again, reading is probably the best way that I can think of to do that. Of course, listening to podcasts also introduces a lot of new perspectives into your life, and it can help you over time develop different ways of thinking that can also assist you in making it through difficult times, or it can help you have um, a record and data in your brain um, about things that you can tell yourself when things get rough. So preemptively, even you find yourself thinking about uh, certain thoughts very often that are negative, maybe finding counter thoughts to those, intentionally going out and writing those out and finding those thoughts and then referring to them when you start to find yourself thinking in a negative way about a specific topic. So for example, if something that you're always worried about is not being lovable, then that's a really good opportunity for you to go out and find materials and information about the fact that you are lovable. Even putting for yourself like supporting evidence in a note, pictures, notes, conversation, like snippets of ways in which you are lovable so that when you're feeling unlovable, you can open up to that page in your journal or in your notebook, wherever it is, and find examples that disprove the negative thought, right? So I think that that's really kind of one of the more actionable tools and one that is also underutilized, which is discovering what are the things that you often think negatively and then finding evidence to the contrary so that you don't get stuck in that loop of negative thinking with regards to a specific topic. And with that, that is all that we have for today. I really hope that you found this to be helpful. Um, As I mentioned, this is going to be a two-part series, so we will return our next episode with some additional information that you can utilize for as a tool for your personal growth and development and dealing with different issues. And so with that, our sister shout out for today, drum roll, please. Awesome. So our sister shout out for today is going to go to Yaislin, um, Yaislin Reese. And um, sis, I just want to shout you out because uh, I feel like I've learned a lot from you about hair care. Um, And I've loved seeing your journey as a mom with your two little ones. And it's really exciting to just see your growth and progress. And you're always keeping such a beautiful smile on your face. Um, So shout out to you, sis. I hope you are well. And with that, that's it for today. Burgundy love out.